You're listening to episode 144 of 88 Cups of Tea with Yin Chang. Am I doing this right? <laughs> Hi, I'm your host, Yin Chang, and thanks for joining me on 88 Cups of Tea. This podcast is created to leave you feeling motivated from interviews with storytellers, where we learn how they create opportunities for a successful career without losing sight of the values that make us human. Woo, that was a really long run on sentence. What's up, storytellers? Before I introduce today's guest, I wanted to thank Becca the Nomad for taking the time to rate our show five stars and write the following review. Like Red Bull, gives you wings. I'm addicted to book world, literary agent, and writing podcasts. I subscribe, listen to, and find amazing things to love about more than a dozen of these podcasts. But 88 Cups of Tea stands out. What makes it so special? Everything, because of the host, Yin Cheng. She's an incredibly gifted interviewer. I can hear the human connections being made as I listen to her speak with incredible authors and agents and editors and storytellers. The way her guests' voices are brighter by the end of the interview, their passion and enthusiasm for their craft highlighted with such warmth and depth and sincerity that their wisdom and experience shines through so profoundly, so clearly, I end up wanting to buy all the books written or recommended by guests that I haven't read because suddenly I'm so inspired and I care so much. I'm having trouble making regular sentences to describe this. I turn to this podcast when the doubt demons have eaten up the energy I need to create and never once have I been failed. It's like those days when you're annoyed with everyone, especially yourself, and can't perform the way you want to no matter how you want it. And then you remember to eat and suddenly life is something you can deal with again. I listen to 88 cups of tea and suddenly I can write again. Thank you so much to Yin and every single person who was part of this amazing gift and podcast and makes it possible. Oh my goodness, Becca the Nomad. What an awesome review. Thank you so, so much for writing this really heartfelt review. I am so happy that 88 Cups of Tea is there for you to help push you past those doubt demons. And now that you're able to write again, that makes me so happy to hear. And I wish you all the luck with your writing. Storytellers, if you haven't yet, I'd love for you to head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our show. Whenever you have some free time, I'd so appreciate if you could leave us a rating and a review. From what I hear, it helps our show become more visible to new listeners, and I am so grateful for your support. Now on to today's conversation, we have the producers and hosts from Writing Class Radio, Andrea Askowitz and Allison Langer on the show with us today. Writing Class Radio is a podcast of a writing class. If you love stories, and I know y'all do, and you get inspired by hearing other people tell their stories and want to learn a little bit about how to write your own stories, this is exactly what their podcast focuses on. Andrea is the author of the memoir, My Miserable Lonely Lesbian Pregnancy, and the editor of Badass True Stories, The Double Album. Her stories have appeared in publications including The New York Times, Salon, The Rumpus, XO Jane, and many, many more. And they've also been aired on NPR and PBS. Allison is a private writing coach and teaches memoir writing in prison and has been published in the Washington Post, Mutha Magazine, and Scary Mommy, just to name a few. In today's episode, we dive right into the importance of focusing on one genre at a time instead of jumping genres. We talk about developing your writing voice by practicing and being authentic in telling the truth and refining your voice by modeling your writing after the greats. Further into our conversation, Andrea and Allison walk us through how Writing Class Radio came to fruition and we get a close look at their partnership and the things that they've had to learn together to get to where they are today. 
We also touch on parenting and how to carve out writing time for yourself and the impact that writing workshops and classes have had on their professional writing career. Andrea and Allison had me laughing so much throughout the entire episode that I had to delete quite a lot of my laughs on my track just so you could hear what they're saying. I am so excited to finally share their episode with you. Now let's jump right in. Hey everyone. Oh my gosh. We have the wonderful, beautiful ladies from Writing Class Radio with us today. I am so excited. We have Andrea Askowitz and Allison Langer. How are you? Hi, I'm so excited to be here talk about how you call this beautiful because <laughs> you both are beautiful what Thank can you not so accept that <laughs> I totally accept it and I think it's perfect because we are a podcast <laughs> I am so excited about this so I came across your podcast just looking for podcasts I'm a huge podcast junkie I've always listened to entrepreneurial startup business podcasts so it's actually really hard to hold my attention when it comes to creative podcasts but when I came across yours. I can't remember if I was just looking on iTunes and it just popped up as a recommendation, but I was like, oh, that sounds so fun. Writing class radio. And I just listened to it and the pilot got me. Allison, your story about your daughter. Oh my Lord. I was, I was crying. And Andrea, you're just such a badass, like getting the story out of Allison. Allison, what was it you were about to like, you didn't want to write about that specific story, but it was Andrea who was like, no, this is a story you need to write about. Well, when I first got to class, I had never really written anything. I had never taken a writing class. I'd always wanted to write, but a friend of mine, I would write about my divorce. I would write about this and that. And my friends were like, you know what? You need a writing class because you've got good ideas, but you need help. So when my daughter died and I was really sad and searching and like just struggling, I heard the class come on NPR. Andrea's class. And I didn't know her, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to go home and check that out. And I did. And then when I signed up, I was like, these people are not going to hear about my pain. I'm going to come here and I'm going to write about other things, but I am not going to have people pity me and see me struggle. So I think for me, it was really about like, I wanted to show them everyone, the world that I was strong, that I can handle it. I can get through this on my own. But what I realized is that The more I started writing and the more Andrea was pulling things out and finally writing about the thing I really didn't want to write about, the thing I feared the most, the thing I didn't want anyone to know, it was freeing. And that's what really hooked me is that how free I felt after everyone knew that I wasn't as strong as I thought and that I really needed help from my friends and from the world. And that facade was bullshit and that I needed to go through life without hiding behind it. Okay. So... I'm going to jump in super quick here. I definitely want to get into more about what writing class radio is and how you came up with that concept. But before we go on, I really admire you, both of you, for being able to confront that. And also, Andrea, you being there to be that person to shepherd everyone forward with their stories. There's a lot of our storytellers, our listeners here in this community who have a lot of stories and it's a lot of trauma that they deal with. And a lot of times it holds them back from sharing their stories. For me, I have my own, I consider my own traumas too. And I can't come to terms with facing that yet. So for me personally asking, and hopefully it'll help others who are listening in too. Was there something you were thinking to yourself that actually made you take that leap. Because even though I understand how freeing it would be for me to share my story, I still can't make that leap. And I just don't know what it is to trigger myself to be like, okay, you got to do this. It's even confront it. 
you begin, you have to come to a writing class. The thing is, is that you don't have to get into a writing class, you or anyone thinking, I'm going to divulge all my secrets. I think it's a slow process. You get in and you just start writing and you push the boundaries of your comfort zone. And then eventually you have a teacher, hopefully, who says, you can do this. Let's just try. Come on, let's just write about it. And you're in a room, you've developed a trust and a vulnerability. Everyone in the room has been sharing and telling their stories. So it starts to help and empower you. But I don't think anybody, well, at least I didn't walk in saying, okay, this class is going to heal me. It just didn't work that way. I actually gave Allison a specific prompt. Like I said to Allison, you need to write about the thing you don't want to write about because I could see in her that she was hiding something. And I can see that in so many students. Now I can see that in you. <laughs> oh no, I just exposed myself. Everybody's <laughs> hiding something. Everybody, everybody has a coming out story. Everyone yeah. has several. But I think what Allison was just saying about what happens in writing class is so you get into a writing class and you're given a prompt, like a time I felt like an asshole or a time I acted like an asshole. And then you'll start writing something and stuff will come up that you're not even expecting. And that's how your stories get out of you. It's not like you set out to write the hardest thing, but slowly those hard things come out. And what happens also is the other students in the class are writing their hard things. There's 10 people in a room that are sharing very vulnerable personal stories. I mean, that's what happened to me. I started to feel more and more comfortable when I was a student in a class. Now being the teacher of the class, every single time I'm in a writing class, I re-feel that feeling of acceptance and comfort and it's okay to say the hard thing. Actually, we have to say the hard thing or else our stories aren't going to be very good. Okay, here's another thought. So I took this writing class. It was about five years ago. It saved me at a time where I was stepping aside from acting for a bit to work on writing. I knew I work better with structure, right? I work better with discipline. When I took that class, it was like a lifesaver. Like I, I still remember your pilot episode where I believe Andrea, you were the one who said that it was such a lonely road, but then having that community really gave you life. For me, I felt the same exact way finding that writing class and my, I call her my writing mentor. She was my teacher. She said to each and every person, write about a time that was your most emotionally charged moment. We were trying to transition that voice. I was able to write in that emotionally charged scene, transition that over to a different story that I was working on because she was just trying to teach me how to find my voice. And then I wasn't able to transition smoothly. And then I just completely shut down. Allison, when you shared your story about your daughter, then let's say if you're working on a fiction story where you're trying to get in the voice of a character that means a lot to you, but somehow the voice that you had when writing your story about your daughter is so clear cut, right? And so strong. But then you jump into writing that fiction story about a different character. Let's say you're not able to have the same strength in that voice. Does that make sense? Should I rephrase that? I think that we're talking about two different things. So we're primarily memoir and I, yes. I've been writing fiction. So I totally understand what you're saying. But I just think it's a totally different thing. I would get really good at one thing and then try to move into another. I really think it's hard to say, oh, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this because for me, 
jump genres I think she's talking yeah, about. Yeah, I would just stick with one thing, get really good at it, and then move into something else, try something else, because otherwise it's very difficult. It's not that they have different rules. It's just like you go into acting. There's Beast. There's my dog. Barbie. Oh, he's Sorry. so cute. <laughs> yeah. It's like if you're saying you auditioned for a part, and it's a part that's a person just like you. So you know that person really well. And you can do that part really well. And you got that perfect and you were great at it. But then if they asked you to act as somebody else, but you had no concept of that person, then it would be really hard. So I think that's what we're talking about. In two different genres, kind of come up with somebody else. Yeah, I want to say that voice is something that is obtained. Like you learn your voice, your writing voice by practice over and over again and being authentic being really, really true and telling the truth. That's how you get to your, your voice. That's how I think about it in terms of memoir and personal essay writing. Okay. You see, so you both already helped me so much by saying what you just said, because that allowed me the freedom to not feel obligated to do all these multiple genres, to just work on the one thing you already helped me have focus. For me, it's basically, I only focus on memoir. That's the only thing I know. Don't talk to me about any other genre or any other anything. No, and I'm the opposite. I'm more about like, I love trying something new. I've been having so much fun writing fiction. I have learned so much by just writing it, making a ton of mistakes and reading up on it. But I come from a place where I already have like the tools. So I feel confident, but I do think it's taken, I mean, what, nine years? So it doesn't mean that it has to take that long. But like what Andrea said, practice, 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 practice is yes. the only way to find your voice. And I've been taking memoir classes and writing personal essays and memoir for 20 years. And sometimes I lose my voice. And to get it back, I just write the truth. I just pare down. Sometimes I stand up and I do this with students and just have them tell a story. Just tell it. Just stand up and tell the story. When you just stand up and tell a story, that's when you're writing or speaking or telling a story in your voice. That's how you get to voice. Okay. Now I want to get into writing class radio, the podcast. What is that about? I feel like the listeners, they already had a really good taste of the conversations that do happen and just the way your brilliant brains work. Could you please share with us a bit about your podcast? Let me jump in. So I have been taking this writing class. So after I told that story, we all decided we're going to like steal Andrea away from the place where she was hired. And that was like eight years ago. Yeah. Or that was yeah, maybe nine years ago. And we stole her away. We got a 10 person group and we met every Wednesday night. I remember Andrea and I play tennis. So we would go out and play tennis and say, Oh my God, these stories are so amazing. We have to share them with the world. We need to write a book. And Andrea's like, but, but basically what happened is that <laughs> first writing class kept going for years. So we kept, yeah, we kept meeting. Yeah. But the book thing, she's like, it could take years to get the book out. And then this and rounds of edits. And I'm already doing that with my own books. So we came up with this idea to do a podcast and to really bring people in. It was going to be like a, where we followed people in their lives and like went deeper and deeper. But what we realized quickly is that people weren't as invested as we were. They like came and went and came and went. They had a semester they took off and came back. And it was really hard to follow in that respect. Right. Like our first idea for writing class radio was to follow each character in their lives and uh, sort of like create like a reality show podcast. Oh, yeah. That's Um, pretty cool, actually. Right. I I know. And if anyone wants to give us a few million dollars, like we'll (laughs) get that vision. (laughs) We'll cast it, you know, 
it requires so much production. Yes, that we it does. It really does. Think about yeah, and so, money. Yeah, right. right. I already asked for the few million. Yeah, right. right. So anyway, so once we decided we were going to do this podcast, but basically it was because we want. Sorry, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> but basically, it was because we loved our class so much. We felt like it was the most intimate, most true, filled place in the world that we wanted to bring as many people in the world into our class. That's our mission. We're both storytelling missionaries, seriously, with religious fervor. I mean, that's me. I'm, I want the whole world to write and yeah. share their stories. Well, and you so can tell your passion in each episode. And that's what I love about that. Like your voice in each episode, both of you, to see how much you believe in encouraging people to share their truths is so yeah. infectious. And I, I love that. I love that about you both as hosts of this oh. show, because you need those leaders in order to have a very interesting show that pulls you back every single episode. And you have that because you could tell your passion with literally every single second of every single episode. But yes, oh. continue. Sorry to jump in and cut you off. Thank you. We can feel <laughs> your passion, too, on <laughs> every you. one of your episodes. That's what's so great about 88 Cups of Tea. Oh, my God. Stop. No, (laughs) but um, yes. And then you were saying, yeah, I was saying, so basically what I think happened is, is Andrea came out at the writing class in a very technical, these are the way you're supposed to write. This is the way, these are the tips. This is the way it needs to be done. And I got so much out of telling my story. It felt like such great therapy, a great place to share. I, as a person felt like I went through a whole change. Yes come to Jesus like, wow, I am not who I thought I was. I am not as strong, but I am strong and I need people and I can tell my story and people can know that I'm not perfect and it's going to be great. And the the relationships that came from telling these stories were with people I otherwise would never have met. Like we're different. We come from different worlds. And what I found is that because we were there in a writing class sharing stories, the compassion and the understanding was so huge. Yeah, of like a total mix of oddballs, all ages, all races, all backgrounds. Those are, I mean, everybody has stories and those are the people that are sitting around our table and we like fall in love with them and we wouldn't ever come across them probably in, in just daily life. Oh, I can't remember if I shared this with you via email. When I first listened to your podcast, the more you you produce more episodes and more episodes, like now you're on to season five. Listeners, in case you're not aware, they not only get into people's stories, but Andrea and Allison, they get into explaining why certain techniques and tools of writing are, are working or not. 88 Cups of Tea is like a great overview. For me, I am not a teacher and I'm also not as experienced in writing. Like both of you have accomplished so much as writers. So for me, I approach it very much as a curious storyteller, someone who is about to make that leap or just trying to and like swimming and drowning. Y'all are drowning. Y'all are like doing it a lot more gracefully. So for me, I was like, okay, 88 Cups is like an awesome overview for those who are curious and cool tips and guidance. Then I thought, Writing class radio is like that awesome next step to really dive in if you want to take your work seriously. It's like a master class. Okay. Thank you. I'm going to let you go on with your platform right now. <laughs> I don't remember if you told us that we were a master class, but I certainly don't mind hearing it again. <laughs> <laughs> Allison was getting at what she brings to the podcast, which she just described, and I would describe it as sort of like the heart, like the heart of a story or the heart of life, right? Yeah. And I bring to the podcast this commitment to the art 
The craft. The craft, right. So we say at the beginning of the show, Writing Class Radio is a mix of heart and art. And by heart, we mean the truth in a story. And by art, we mean the craft of writing. And I really think that writing craft is heart. Like writing tips are life tips. Yes. And that gets overlapped over and over again on our show. So that's what I'm thinking that you're liking about the show. Yes, that is so true. Oh, you both are so perfect. You literally complete each other like yin to the yang. <laughs> our first year of partnership was very rough. Yeah. What? We really, yeah oh, yeah. We learned a lot from each other. Are you allowed to share? Like, can we get a little bit yeah. sneak peek? I love hearing these, like the startup, the story, the behind yeah. the scenes. Oh my God. The first year and our podcast has taken, has really changed and evolved. Yeah. Because we really threw it together, not knowing, like, we didn't write a business plan and we didn't really know what our jobs would be. Andrea kept pushing me to be a teacher, be a teacher, like, go teach, go do this, go to this thing. And then things would come up and I was nervous. I was like, I don't want to teach. Allison's like, I have no interest in teaching. Same as Allison, it says, like, I have no interest in speaking on stage. So we did this Writing Class Radio Live. That's one of our episodes. I think it's episode 21. And Allison is the host and we're both hosts. We're co-hosts and Allison starts telling her story. And basically I'm like, hand over the mic, hand over the, like, (laughs) she didn't let it go. Well, the way it started is that I was very, she was very critical of all the changes that I would make on the, on the docs. You don't remember that? Hmm. And then she's like, really? You think it's so easy? You do it. And I said, okay. So remember, so then you'll hear like one or two episodes where I'm the host and one or two episodes like where she's the host and neither of us are like together with it. Right. Is because we were like, fine, you think you can do such a good job? You try. And so then it got to be really fun. I was like, okay. I think you, I, wait, I think you got that wrong. You were critical of, of my scripts, my edits. And then I was like, yeah, you think it's so easy? You try it. You're right. That is what happened. That's what happened. And then after a while, we were like, all right, we're doing this together. Because this is a shit show. Right? <laughs> we realized we were better together. But there was a couple times. I think I tried to quit like four or five times. And Oh, yeah. She tried <laughs> to quit many times. She's like, I'm done. It's over. I'm like, really? So now I'm alone? Well, oh, bye. I mean, Yin, you have to understand. I mean, I'm a 50-year-old woman. I was married for two years, and it was pure hell. I have been single my whole life. I have three kids. Wait, wait. You're 50? We're both 50. Yeah. Yo, you ladies love hella fine. I did not. <laughs> Say it again. That's why we're a podcast. Y'all look fabulous. Hold, hey. I'm like, what face cream are you using? What the hell? Okay, sorry. Yes, continue. Yeah, no, go on. Yeah. Right. So what happened is, is we learned to get through all these ups and downs of the first year of partnership. And it was not easy. And I was very insecure. I'll say right now, like I was trying so hard to be great at what I was doing. And I realized I wasn't probably as great as I wanted to be, but I didn't want anyone else to think I wasn't being great. So I tried really hard to be great. So any bit of criticism was very, very painful. And so I feel like over time we've learned, like A, we've learned each other's triggers, but also we've gathered confidence. We've gathered experience. So now like criticisms don't hurt. And it's happened so often, the rejections, the criticism, like now it's just like, okay, I mean, and she's talking about criticisms of stories, rejections from editors, from publications, criticism from me on the podcast. But I want to say that I also was extremely insecure for the first year of this podcast. And Yin, you and I were talking about how much we used to edit and mm-hmm. how we kind of lessened the editing. I mean, I was an editing maniac. 
And Allison was like, it's a podcast. <laughs> I was like, I know. And it has to be great. I know. I'm the and same I, way. Yes. That's why you almost quit many times, right? Well, I just, I find voice really, really important. And I didn't want everybody's stories to just sound like us. I want the stories to be imperfect. And I want them to be told from the perspective of a person in their voice. So yes, we could turn those stories into our voice or do, you know, the way we think they should be edited, but every single editor is going to come at you with their own edits until your voice is dead. But I will say that every single story on our podcast that gets aired is edited heavily. And that's because I don't want to put the listener through anything I wouldn't want to sit through. But I've softened on my own editing. Like on our script editing, we've tried to become less scripted. Like we're talking. I mean, Alice and I wanted to make it our podcast, Writing Class Radio, feel like you guys are sitting in our class. So we've we you hear a story that's read in class by the students in our class, and then we discuss it. And we used to like really write down every single thing we were going to say about a story, but now we don't. Well, I, uh, can I jump like, in here? I yes. I'm really glad that you don't anymore because I love your dynamic. Yes, of course, the heart of the story of each student, of course, their stories bring me back. But really what holds down the show is both of you, your energies, like when you riff off of each other. Like, I love hearing your guys' commercials, <laughs> especially the ones where you're both riffing off of each other, just talking about a sponsor. I always try to listen to sponsors because I want to support the shows I'm listening to and I look forward to it. But then for yours, I don't even realize I'm listening to a sponsorship or like an ad because y'all are just so natural, just the way you talk to each other. And it feels so unedited and so real, which is what Allison, you were saying, where it's like, that's the voice. That's the beauty of it. I learned a ton from Allison in that regard, like a ton. I mean, Allison is the one who's like, relax. Like, of course, as soon as someone tells me to relax, I'm like, ah! but, um, but over time I've learned to relax and we've become so much less scripted. And thank you for liking our blah, blah, blah. That's not scripted. What I think is awesome is how you can listen to writing class radio and just hear a story or hear stories. And it's such a like easy listening kind of way to consume stories. Well, the thing about what happens when we provide edits at the end of a great story that could be better because stories, maybe they could always be better. So here you have, you get to hear a story and then things that you're like, oh, that was so good. And then you hear these edits and you're like, wow, okay, I'm going to go back and try that with my own story. So people learn in a way that is like trial and error. Go and try and and hear stories because sometimes I'll hear a story and I'm like, wow, that's really good. And it's a little bit intimidating. So we want people to hear a great story on our podcast, but that is inspiring to them so that they'll go and write and get into a class and try and edit and write. Right. So sometimes we air prompt responses and those are just first draft kind of right out of someone's brain. And then what we do is we talk about those, what we want to know more about or how that person can improve that story and make it into a story. But we also air fully formed, edited stories that the students in our class have workshopped and then rewritten and rewritten and rewritten and workshopped again. Their stories are like raw and very exposing and very vulnerable, which is the beauty of it. But how were you able to get all your students signed on board to air this? And do they have the choice to like step out and just work with you teacher to student, but not have it aired on the podcast? Like, how does that work when it comes to sharing it so publicly? I love that question because um, my wife, when I first started, she was like, no one's going to take your class now. Now that you're going to record everybody, you're 
no one's going to do it. But we have, you know, waiting list of people who are willing to come into our class and record all their stories. And very quickly, we kind of forget that we're miked. But if someone writes a story that they don't want revealed on the podcast, we won't air it. But that rarely happens. Yeah. By the way, I just also want to jump in because you were talking about how you started writing more, uh, Allison, after this class. Congratulations, too. Wasn't it you, Allison, that just got one of your works published in, was it the Washington? Yep. Yep. Right? Congratulations. So that was from this class. I just got my check this morning. That was a funny process because Andrea kept saying, you really should work on this and send it to so-and-so and and send this thing to so-and-so every time, not every time, but a lot of times after I read in class. And I was like, I don't care about that. I don't care about that. Literally. By that, she means I don't care about getting published. Right. Because it was so much work. I mean, it is not easy. You have to follow their guidelines. You have right. to re-edit. You have to send it out. And yeah. everyone needs an editor. So now I have to ask somebody for help. Like another person to, hey, can you just look over this? But I sort of found my people. I have a couple. Andrea, we're always there for each other. But Last- it's a lot of work. We edit each other all the time. It's a lot. It's a couple of hours a week sometimes. I mean, the novel that I said I was writing, she's already read the whole thing and sent so many great edits. These pieces, she's publishing a piece every single week, her whole 50th year in Medium. Do you and- know that I'm doing that? No, that's amazing. I'm writing an essay a week. and I Oh said, my God, that's so cool. You better publish that as a book. I think I might. You better, I- not even might. That's the last thing in your list for your final week of your 50th year so that yeah. you could just get it all done, put it together, get it published. I feel like that would be such a beautiful book. Well, Allison is like is the main the editor. She is the eyeball. Like if if anything that I publish is terrible, it's really <laughs> Allison's fault. <laughs> well, you can thank me for the last piece we killed. <laughs> yeah. That was yesterday. Anyway, so we are not opposed to throwing our stuff in the trash. And fortunately, we trust each other in judgment. Everyone needs an editor. And thank God we have each other and the people in our class, which is really so lucky. All right. I want to jump in here and ask you something on behalf of listeners. I know they're probably thinking this. Most of our listeners work on fiction, but I know a lot would be very interested in getting their own essays published. Question for you both. Do you offer classes for people from out of state who are not living in your your own state? Can they call you in? Can they Skype in? And are you able to help shape their work specifically in mind to publish to I know, Allison, you didn't care about the publishing, but a lot of the listeners in our community, they would appreciate that. Oh, now she does. <laughs> yeah, that was in the past. Yeah, like now. now I really do. So yeah, now she's a big bore. Yeah. <laughs> We do offer private classes via Zoom meeting. Even if you don't live in the state, you can get private classes and private coaching. Is Zoom face-to-face, like a Skype? Yep. I prefer to see people. Okay, you can cool. their screens. We can edit work. I do a lot of college essay help. I do executives who are looking to publish blogs and just need an eye help, a brainstorm. We also offer classes for big groups who want to fly us in. And Andrea is especially good at helping businesses and employees tell their story because stories Ooh, sell. So the yes. narrative is really important. So we are here and we are doing this and it's been very, very successful. So we love it. There's more resources on our website that I just want to mention at writingclassradio.com. If you um, join our website, like if you click the link for our mailing list, then we send you a free publishing guide. Oh, 
I know it's, and you know what? I swear if I, if 10 years ago, someone gave me this guide, it's basically like, how do you format your story? Where do you send it once it's done? And we give you like real, if you're a mom, then there's like these publications to start with. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. There's like the writer publications, there's the humor publications, there's publications for everything, but you don't go straight to the New Yorker. Like you start at step one. And then, I mean, you could also send your story to the New Yorker and step one, but you know, we advise, we just building up. Right. Mm -hmm. And we, so we have a free publishing guide that we send you. We also have a three part. So Allison and I created three videos that are our best tips and it's us showing you how to start your story to how to end your story and everything in between. And it's only $50. We have that on our website. So you can take a class with us at home in your underwear alone. If you're writing fiction and you don't know where to start for publishing your work, this publishing guide can still help you because you have to write a query letter. You have to write a cover letter. I mean, the submission process is the same. The publications are sometimes different. Literary magazines have fiction and nonfiction. So some of the magazines are actually the same. Anyway, the process is the same. So this free publishing guide can help any kind of writer. That's going to be linked up in your show notes page for sure. This is very helpful. And thank you for those tips. I'm very excited about that. Okay. I want to know what you both are excited about right now with your own works. So I'm obsessed with the criminal justice system. So we are trying, I, so since I teach in prison, I have stories and permission from these guys to share their stories. They're dying to get their voices out and they're nonfiction. So they're, they're true stories that they're wow. telling and they're so powerful and it really gives us insight into who these men are who are in our prisons and the mistakes they've made at such young ages. We want to get the word out. We want people to understand them. So for me, getting them on our podcast is great. It's, you know, a platform for them to tell their stories and to be heard. So that's what I'm working on. How'd you come across that work? I was at a TED Talk, a TEDx here in Coconut Grove, and somebody got up and talked about this group, Exchange for Change, that goes into the prisons and brings education. And I walked right up to the person at the front at the end and said, I'm in, I'll do anything. And so it was a year ago. You're Mm -hmm. amazing. Best thing I ever did. Incredible. And Andrea? So Allison is like all about giving back. (laughs) and you are excited about me (laughs) so I have two projects you know what both of them are actually about writing and sharing our stories so I've written a book of linked essays that's currently titled no one knows I'm famous and the idea is it's all about attention it's all about me wanting attention and I think all of us want attention so all the essays in that collection are about attention on some level I love the title, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. So I've been shopping that around for a few years and I'm having a little bit of trouble selling it. So if there's anyone out there who wants to agent that and publish it, I'm open. I have another project. This weekly essay project is turning into this other idea, which I'm currently titling Everyone Needs an Editor Slash Friend. And it's about how writing lessons are life lessons. Every single one of these essays that I'm writing has some kind of writing element to it and also a life element to it. Like you were talking before about 
the asshole episode. Yes, yes. Be be the biggest asshole in the room. Be the biggest asshole in the room. And which is really can be translated to be vulnerable. Yeah. Because that's that's what people connect to and care about. So those are the two things I'm excited about. I'm so excited for you both. I I know that you were talking about how much this class means to you on a professional writing career. How do you think that has helped you as well, having each other, this specific class that you're in. I know, Allison, you've been publishing more. And then, Andrea, you too, you're like looking into publishing the works that you've been writing for. So how specifically with your career? Well, being in a writing class for me, teaching a writing class or being a student in a writing class, and kind of they're both the same, has just made me better as a writer and continues to make me a better writer. professionally. I am able to get stories published that are just better because of this writing class. You know what? My first book, I wrote a book 10 years ago called My Miserable, Lonely Lesbian Pregnancy. And that book started in real time in a writing class. I was just going to a writing class every week and I was writing the things that were happening to me during that pregnancy, which to me, I was completely depressed and miserable. And every time I wrote about something, my class just thought it was so funny because other people like other people's pain. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and I'm terrible helped. for laughing. I'm sorry, but yeah. it's so true. There's, a, there's, this, there's this German word, schadenfreude or something like that. Do you know the word? Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Something like that. That means people loving other people's pain. But anyway, I like the word. I like the concept because it helped me realize that like as much pain as I was in and I was really depressed was entertaining and helpful to other people. And so I just kept writing and writing and that became my first book. So I think a writing class from experience, I know a writing class helps a person professionally produce writing and get it published. For me, what's happened is that it started with the Washington Post thing. I got some emails from people asking if I would talk to them or coach them or work through some of their work with them. One of my clients is out of New York. And what's happening is that I have been able to connect with people who don't even live here, aren't in my circle, aren't my age, and brainstorm about what would make their business better, how to better get the word out about things that are in their head, how to organize a book, how to organize blogs. And that feeling of being able to help somebody and get paid at the same time makes it feel professional and like a career, like I'm really doing something. So that connection and also helping students, high schoolers, I just love them. They're just so sweet and, and innocent and they've got their whole lives ahead of them. So to really be able to surround myself with younger people even and older people. I get to learn from them and their mistakes on both ends. And also to be sort of like not a guide, but just somebody there to be a sounding board or somebody say not a guide. I mean, you are a guide. Well, I mean, you know, they have their parents and they have other people, but there's somebody other than Mm -hmm. their parents to like say, oh my God, you're doing great. Or that sounds funny or try this differently or just somebody to mentor them, but not in a, like a do this advice kind of way, but just as in like, this is what I've done. I've made all these mistakes. This is what I do. I share, you know, we're 50 years old. I'm sharing with 18 year olds lessons that I've learned in my life just through writing. We both have this approach that, um, that when we're teaching, we share our own work. So it's, it's a different kind of approach. And some people think it's obnoxious, but 
Um, <laughs> we do it because we want to equalize the playing field and also we want to be vulnerable too, mm-hmm. both in sharing our stories and in accepting edits from our students. So mm-hmm. I know that Allison, when she's working with her high school students, writes along with them and sometimes shares her stories with them. And then they're like, what? Wow. Allison thought I was obnoxious for a long time. Yeah, because I was like, paying for the, the class and I was like <laughs> stealing my time. But what, what I've realized is it shows respect. You're showing respect for the students by saying, listen, I'm just like you. I'm still a student. I'll always be a student and I need your help. I love that. Yeah, we're all editors for each other is, is the way I think of it. God, you guys are so funny together. Oh gosh, I just love it. When you guys are- <laughs> it's so funny. It's like, yeah, I did think she was obnoxious. I was paying for my time. Oh my God, you both. No, oh. you about that a lot. I'm like, hey, if you don't like it, adios. That's the way I do it. Yeah, and she sends you her, her latest piece on everyone needs an editor and you'll really get an idea of what our relationship is like. Yeah. The shit I send her back, like you cannot publish this. You sound like a dick and I cannot listen. For one more yeah, she, yeah, she, Alice is so mean to me. It's so <laughs> easy. And that's what I love about her. She's like the most honest person. Like there's no pretenses with Allison. So if, if my, if my writing sucks shit, um, she says, your writing sucks shit. No, yesterday I said, it's not the writing. Your writing is excellent. Oh. It's what you've said. Sounds like shit. It's not your writing. <laughs> it's, your, it's your personality. It's every word you said. It <laughs> <laughs> I know. You need a TV show. That's it. Like like cameras just following you both around, just like commentaries on life. Okay, so I am going to ask you another thing. We do actually have a lot of listeners who are moms in in this community, and a lot of them do struggle ha- finding time because they they have a full-time job, you know, they come home, they're trying to be the best parent they can be. I mean, I feel like everyone can understand what that's like. Even if you don't have children, you grow up seeing your own parents, you know, trying to be there for you. It's it's not easy. I mean, fathers too, who try to come home and be there for their kids and then they're they're trying their best, but then they're like falling asleep during like <laughs> reading time or whatever. You know, it's just, it's not easy. So forget about like even trying to squeeze in time for like me time. How is there just from your own work for the years that you've been working on writing any advice from your own experiences on telling our listeners who are parents you know our listeners moms or dads like how to squeeze in me time without draining too much of themselves and also not feeling guilty i have no answer for that parentless yeah parentless no i honestly i mean if you're talking in terms of writing like trying to squeeze in writing with a full-time job and kids it's very hard i mean i would say get up early try to get your hour in before they get up take your little bits and pieces 15 minutes here 30 minutes here take your computer to gymnastics practice i mean there's ways to do it you're you're going to make choices you made a choice to have kids so now you've got to be the parent and you also ha- have to think about yourself and your career and your life and what makes you happy otherwise you're going to suck as a parent and a wife or a husband so mm-hmm. just to be able to steal your moments to be honest with your kids i mean honestly some days i'm like guys don't come in my office. I need 30 minutes to myself. Please don't come in. And they get it. They respect it. And they get the boundaries. It's not easy, though. My kids don't get it. <laughs> Maybe that says something about you and not them. <laughs> sure it does. <laughs> in progress. Yeah. Okay, so let's wrap it up with the one other question is, what are some small manageable steps that you'd advise our writers to take every week towards accomplishing their writing goals? Right. Right for 15 minutes every single day. Yeah. 
I had a writing teacher tell me that years ago, 15 minutes, set your timer and go. You're allowed to go over, but you have to write for 15 minutes. And you can write a new, you can go to writing class radio and see a prompt, or you can just write from what you were writing yesterday, but 15 minutes every day. If you have a person who will look at it and just give you advice, or if you want to send it into us, we only charge like 25 bucks for those 10 minute um, prompts. But if you need an editor, you know, just get started, get going, find out what you're doing wrong or what you could do better and get better as a writer. Do you have any recommended books that you both love, like whether it's uh, craft books or uh, a fiction that you read or a memoir that really changed your perspective on writing? And you're like, holy shit, that's really good. One of my favorite stories to look at in terms of just how it's shaped and how great it is, is a David Sedaris story called End of the Affair. And um, I don't even remember what book it's in. David Sedaris as a as a model is excellent. Mm hmm. I love Anne Lamont. She has Bird, mm-hmm. bird by Bird. Bird by Bird is a great book on writing. Yeah, really good. Especially, and um, Yen, if you're still interested in writing um, fiction, she has a whole thing on characters characterization that is excellent. Yeah, yep. really good. Bird by Bird is, is, is really good. It's a classic. Joyce Maynard is one of my favorite writers, and she has two memoirs, um, At Home in the World and The Best of Us. And both of them are so instruct. They're so beautiful and, uh, you know, emotionally excellent. But they're both really instructive on how to just r- structurally, like what is a memoir? What should a memoir look like? Both of those, I, I think, are just great models. What was the one that I read that I loved about the, the woman who wrote about her husband dying and her daughter dying? Um, do you remember that one? <laughs> no, I love that book. It was so well written. Husband, oh, 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 um, the year of magical thinking. I oh. mean, that's Joan Didion. I mean, that is she's, so good. I mean, amazing. Joan Didion is, um, but her memoir, The Year of Magical Thinking, is excellent, excellent in terms of structure and how to write a memoir. I actually do think that um, this is one of the things I was thinking about like, forget about being yourself, model yourself. <laughs> I know but model yourself after the greats. I mean, look at great essays and great memoirs or great novels and, and copy them. That's what, that's what writers or artists do when they go to the Louvre. And I think that that's a really excellent way to get to understand form and understand story. Your voice will come out because you can only tell your story. That is gold. All right. You both are amazing. Thank you so much. Please let us know how to find you on social media. We, of course, know to find you at the Writing Class Radio. We'll find you on iTunes, anywhere that we can listen to podcasts, of course, right? Perfect. So we'll have that linked up as well, just so it's easier to click and find you. Also, how about social media? Can you let us know where to find you on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, wherever you are at? We're at WRTG Class Radio on Twitter and on Facebook. No, I think on Facebook, we're just at writing class radio. Oh, Everything really? else writing, writing class radio. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, well, Twitter and um, at Andrea Askowitz everywhere. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't even do that social yes. media nonsense. So you don't have to put anything on yeah. there. But I do. <laughs> Follow me. Yeah. And that wraps up our episode with the producers and hosts of writing class radio, Andrea Askowitz and Allison Langer. Oh my God, Andrea and Allison, thank you for that incredibly informative and inspiring conversation and making it so much freaking fun. I am so happy we got to do this. You ladies are just amazing. 
Storytellers, thank you so much for hanging out and listening in as always. Please be sure to check them out on your podcast player by searching Writing Class Radio and say hi to them on Twitter at WRTG class radio to access their show notes page head over to 88 cups of tea.com slash podcast slash writing dash class dash radio you can find 88 cups of tea on twitter facebook and instagram at 88 cups of tea come say hi and write a review about us at apple podcasts if you haven't yet please do subscribe to us on apple podcasts because from what i hear the more listeners we have subscribed and write a review the better it is for us to reach new listeners which is so helpful for the show and for anyone who's looking for inspiration Have a wonderful and super productive rest of your week, and I'll catch you next Thursday. Hey guys, it's me again. Thanks so much for listening in on 88 Cups of Tea. Go create something magical today, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.